Cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Have you ever wanted to meet your favorite professional athlete? Packers stars of yesterday and today, including Devontae Adams, Amon Green, Jair Alexander, Antonio Freeman, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams are all available for bookings right now. Mayfield Sports specializes in these special moments between fans and their favorite professional athletes. Head over to MayfieldSportsMarketing.com to see the full list of available athletes to book your favorite professional athlete at your next event. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone. It is midweek. It is Bears week. Very excited to be here. And before we get into today's show, lots of great content and things that I want to talk about. I have to start out with a little bit of a shout out as I got a really cool gift yesterday. We all did from Amber, who is on Twitter at Midwest Amber. She put up this incredible wallpaper that she has in honor of Bears Week and go check it out. She's at Midwest Amber. I have it pinned to my profile as well on Twitter. Go check it out. It's cool. You want to add it to your phone. It basically says it is, and then it leaves a space for the time and date that your phone naturally displays. And then underneath it says, and the bears still suck. So that is phenomenal. Amber is winning bears week so far. And she also, we were interacting a little bit. She also made a great astute point that the next time any bears fan asks you to, Check out their championship in 1985 or claims that the 85 Bears are the best team ever or better than any Packers team. Just let them know that you would love to go back and watch the 1985 Bears, but you don't have a VCR in your house. And so you're not able to go back and watch the tape of that video because that's what you watched back then when you wanted to rewatch something. So kudos, Amber. Great job. She is definitely representing the Pack. On Bears Week. So, before we get to that, there was a game this past weekend. It has been discussed widely. It's going to get discussed a little bit more because it was a butt-kicking, and we're going to celebrate it and continue to enjoy it. The Packers boat race, the Tennessee Titans off of Lambeau Field Sunday night. So many things to laud about the Packers' performance. They were solid in nearly every phase of the game. And, of course, special teams with a few gas to stay in the night a bit. But a lot of things to be happy about. Offensively, It's hard to argue with 40 points. Aaron Rodgers furthered his MVP candidacy with a lights-out performance. Aaron Rodgers is just playing some great football. A lot of talk about the level of play and the 2016 run the table and 2014, and it doesn't matter whether you believe those or, or like those comparisons or not. The Packers are rolling, and Aaron Rodgers is one of the reasons why he is playing some phenomenal football. As far as the MVP race goes, you know, you, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. He's done a lot of really, really great things. But I, it's hard to argue with the ascension the Packers have made, even from 
from last season. I mean, they could finish with the same record. So you argue, well, they just repeated what they did last year. Well, they're doing it in a different way, and it's in a more impressive way. Green Bay has a chance to do some really good things this coming weekend if they they win their game against the Bears, which we'll talk about more. But this team has taken a huge step forward. Even as good as last year's team was, the confidence level in this Packers team right now is different, just feels different. And Aaron Rodgers is a huge reason why. Just lighting up the stat sheet, just absolutely playing great. Aaron Rodgers had a great game. A.J., A.J. Dillon, A.J. the sauce Dillon in relief of an injured Jamal Williams breaks out. 124 yards, rushing two touchdowns on the night. This guy belongs in the NFL. He belongs in this offense. The Packers believed that was true. They spent a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon, and he showed them why with a huge performance in a big game with a counterpart on the other side, who is the best running back in all of football and in his first extended work of the season. A.J. Dillon adding a new wrinkle and component to this Packers offense. Matt LaFleur, the offensive staff, they all have to be confident that Dillon is a third guy. Now, you've got Tyler Irvin. You've got Tavon Austin that can jump into the the run game with the jet sweeps and the motions. You've obviously got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Incredible. What an incredible ad that this guy was. And for all those who were complaining that the Packers' first two draft picks this season were benched or they weren't playing and, you know, Dylan was dealing with COVID and apparently it hit him pretty hard. So I'm glad he was able to recover and is back in action. But that silences those critics a little bit there because there you go. There's your second round pick making a huge impact at the end of the season. And for those who want to talk about meaningless parallels, 10 years ago in 2010, the Packers really struggled. Their run game took a huge hit when Ryan Grant got injured in week one against the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Packers just kind of duct taped and glued the running back position together. They used Brandon Jackson. John Kuhn was their primary back at times. And then James Starks joins the Packers roster at the end of 2010 and ends up being a huge factor in the playoffs. So will we see A.J. Dillon be this huge factor in the playoffs for the Packers? I We'll see. We'll see. But he was great against the Titans. Devontae Adams, every week, rinse, repeat. He had not one, not two, but three touchdowns, three tutties. And he is now just one touchdown away. He has 17 on the season. He's one away from tying the team record of 18 receptions in a season. And that is held by Sterling Sharp, who was phenomenal back in the day. Devontae Adams has one more game to set that record. And let's not forget, he missed a couple games earlier this season. He hasn't even played a full season. He's still putting up these numbers. Just incredible. Just incredible stuff that Devontae Adams is doing. They're going to need him this week against the Chicago Bears in a big, big way. Defense. Let's talk about the defense. Because the defense was possibly better than the offense, even though the offense put up 40 points. Defensively, the secondary was awesome. Jair Alexander, three pass breakups, the no-fly zone. Absolutely the no-fly zone. Jair Alexander is a lockdown corner. He is an elite cornerback in this league. That's why the Packers drafted him, and they did not select Derwin James, who would have been a good pick too back in 2018. That is why Jair Alexander is 
Green Bay's number one corner. And it was amazing to me. <laughs> it was amazing to me. The Titans quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, thought it was a good idea to target Jair throughout the game. Like, what are you doing, man? It's, it's, it's not working. Like, what is, your, what is it that's inside of you and, and, your, and your ego can't control that you keep trying to throw the ball at Jair Alexander? Uh, at some point, Jair is going to make somebody pay and he's going to take one to the house. And I am here for it. And speaking of taking one to the house, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage are peaking at safety. Darnell Savage has really found a second gear in this last month. Just incredible. He's just an interception machine. He's just playing the ball. Could have had a pick six. Could have had a second pick in that game. Would have been the third interception. Ryan Tannehill came into the to the day having thrown only five all season long. Green Bay was in his face. They, the pass rush was everywhere. The defensive backs were ready with, with what they had to do. You know, they, everyone thought the Packers were going to come in and focus on playing Derrick Henry and focus on the run. And the Titans obviously thought the same thing because Ryan Tannehill didn't realize and, under, and expect as much pressure and the type of coverage that Green Bay employed. They had their corners, Jair, Kevin King, getting up on the line of scrimmage, disrupting A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Corey Davis had no catches. A.J. Brown had just a few. He was pretty insignificant in the game plan. The Packers completely confused a really good Titans football team and a really good head coach in Matt Vrabel and came out with a big victory. Pass rush, mentioned it. Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, constant pressure. Constant pressure. Got it when it mattered. Ryan Tannehill had the one read option, which of course is obligatory. You know, the Packers have to get stung by that at least once a season. But constant pressure in his face. Christian Kirksey, who's been relegated to sharing time in the middle with Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin in limited snaps, ends up with a sack and he gets a pick in limited playing time. Christian Kirksey. When Christian Kirksey's making those kinds of plays, the Packers' defense is going to do some really, really good things. It's a great overall performance against a Titans team that was 9-5, and five, and they had the, the top running back in the league, top running game. Right, They were the top-scoring offense, and now that belongs to the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are the top-scoring offense in the NFL, and it happens just in time for the postseason. So many... You know, many said the Packers were going to be in trouble in this in this matchup. They weren't going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. He ended up with 98 yards on the night, which is still a pretty good performance. Derrick Henry was still productive. He didn't get in the end zone. But a lot of those yards, had they came after the Packers built a solid lead and were kind of playing to hold. They weren't really focusing on Henry and trying to limit him as much. He found some running room and he was able to get up to the 98-yard mark, but didn't hit 100, didn't get in the end zone. And that's the key. You keep Derrick Henry under 100, you keep him out of the end zone, and you force everything else to have to beat you, and that's a good formula. So for those who wanted to see the Packers step up and perform, and there were a lot of fans out there, I wanted to see it too. They you know, want to see him step up and perform well against a really good team, and that was the important thing about Tennessee, and that's why everybody was worried. Are they going to be able to do it? Well, there you go. Are you satisfied now? Do you believe in this Packers team? Uh, you know, another question is, will you still believe in them if the Packers end up winning 17-14 to 14 ugly against the Bears this weekend and they don't pressure Mitch Trubisky and get a bunch of sacks or if they give up 300 yards 
passing and, and two or three touchdowns, but the Packers still win the game? Are you still going to believe in the defense? You know, do what you need to do to win from week to week. And the Packers got a big win against a really good opponent. So I, I want to go back to A.J. Dillon because it was a big performance from him, but it's not just because of his production and what he did against the Titans. Great game. You know, now we know what he can do. But it's almost like I said, they just signed a guy and added him to the offense for the playoff push. You know, Packer fans are always looking for, are frustrated that the Packers don't add more players. They don't make trades. There's no one out there. Who can they add? Well, there you go. They drafted the guy and he finally makes a big impact later in the season. Better late than never. And now they have these three guys, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, and they can manage the workload. That It's a new aspect to the offense that other teams are going to have to worry about and if the other teams are going to allocate resources to stopping that run for the Packers well good luck because Devontae Adams is already wide open right now in his sleep and Marquez Valdez Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown EQ big ups to EQ gets his first touchdown reception hard to believe that was his first I was surprised when I saw that I know he missed all of last season, but I didn't realize that was the first time he got into the end zone, and he did, and it was a nice grab. Really nice grab for EQ. Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, they're all going to make you pay if you're not paying attention to the passing game. So if you want to focus on the run and all these three guys, great. Devontae will go ahead and score three again. You know, Aaron Jones doesn't have to carry the ball 25 times anymore. They can truly choose the best guy for the right situation. And it comes at the most key time of the season, which is awesome. You know, if the Packers secure home field, which they can do with a victory over the Bears this weekend, that's all they have to do is beat the Bears. They don't need any help. They don't need any other factors to go their way. The Packers are now going to have a really big punishing back, fresh for these cold games coming up. Nobody nobody wants to get in front of A.J. Dillon at full steam at at 30 degrees or colder. No, thank you. And we don't know if the Packers will get Tyler Irvin back this season. I mentioned Tavon Austin. They've got a lot of things they can do behind the line of scrimmage to get the ball moving. You know, you want to talk about the illusion of complexity. You just added a huge aspect to the offense. Good luck to defense is trying to figure it out. And as a friend... Ken Ingles of the Unknown Packers podcast pointed out earlier this week, the Packers drafted Dylan as high as they did for a reason, and that's because they know that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both pending free agents, and the Packers had to hedge against having to dish out huge contracts to both, but make sure that they have a productive running back on their roster. Matt LaFleur came from Tennessee. He was the offensive coordinator in Tennessee, had Derrick Henry. He clearly has the type of back in mind that he likes. And the Packers drafted A.J. Dillon. So there you go. Now they have some choices. And Now I'm not saying that either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams are as good as gone when the season ends. They could be. But I'm not saying that's a given based on the fact that they drafted Dillon. But there's only so much salary to go around. And the cap is supposed to be less next season than it is right now. It's just simple math. And while we'd love to keep all three of these guys together, and who knows, maybe they do, seeing what Dylan can do at least 
helps everybody breathe a bit easier if the Packers have to make a decision and they're not able to bring both Jones and Williams back next year. So great job by Dylan. But back to this high-performing team, it's it's one thing to perform and be great and do all these things, but look at when it's happening. There's always talk about peaking at the right time. This Packers team looks to be doing that this season. It's the first time since 2016 that, at least to me, that it's felt that way. There's a lot to be done, and this team no longer has to prove that they can do it. They're obviously doing it. They've won 12 games. But Matt LaFleur's coaching staff, Brian Gutekunst, have built a team that is able and now ready to go win a championship. And that's even more so than last year. But last year, they went into San Francisco. We knew it was going to be a tough battle. Would they pull off the improbable, beat the Niners, move on to the Super Bowl? Mm, I was hopeful. I was hopeful, but it very quickly became evident that the Packers were not going to fare well. And that was a a very short-lived night of excitement last year's NFC Championship game. So it's easier said than done to get to that championship, but it's not hyperbole anymore to say that the Packers are contenders, they're Super Bowl, they're, they're favorites in the NFC. They've got everything in front of them. They're the only team that just has to win to get in. They don't need any help. That's the position that you want to be in if you're a team. The Packers have finally gotten there. Last year, they needed Seattle to beat San Francisco in Week 17. Seattle came within a couple of feet of doing that, giving the Packers home field advantage, but they didn't. The Niners got home field advantage. The Packers had to travel in championship week, and we all know what happened. The Packers have been in every single game this season. They have not gotten blown out from the jump at all. Even the Tampa game, they were up two possessions before everything went haywire. They ended up getting beat pretty badly, but they were in the lead. They had a two-possession lead in that game. Packers can play with anyone in this league. They're locked in. Aaron Rodgers wants it. He can taste it. He wants that home field, wants another trophy in the case before he decides he's done playing, which who knows when that's going to be, if he's going to play this way. And, and he's got a great shot to add a third MVP award to his collection. And that's after the Packers moved up in the draft to take his replacement just eight months ago. So whatever it is that motivates Aaron Rodgers or has him playing this way, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Devontae Adams, Offensive Player of the Year. He missed a couple games early this season. Still over 1,300 yards, 17 touchdowns. He's just incredible. You know, we, we talk about the Packers, how fortunate they were to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. What about the receiver position? They had Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, guys like that. You got, Now you get, you've got Devontae Adams, who Jordy was great, very productive, but Devontae Adams from a physical standpoint and an ability standpoint is a more complete, just better all-around wide receiver. And the Packers can get by with Devontae and not have a really solid, clear number two guy because of how good 17 is. You know, could you imagine if, because they played together, Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson were on the same team for four seasons, but can you imagine if this, this version of Adams was paired with Jordy Nelson. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, anybody could play quarterback in that offense. Just good night to the defense. It's incredible. And hopefully the Packers can get more out of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's been really quiet lately. A little more out of EQ, Lazard, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon. They're all going to be needed. You know, he's Tunyon con- continuing his great season as 
as tight end one in this offense, who I thought was going to be Jay Sternberger. I thought Jay Sternberger would take a firm hold of that role, but just has not, and he's been injured and has not played the past couple weeks with the concussion. Hopefully his recovery is going well. The Packers have depth. They have depth. They have a lot of options, and that's what you look at when you look at Super Bowl winners and teams that are destined to do great things. It's all about the depth. You've got to have guys that can contribute, and I'm talking about guys at the bottom of the depth chart that can come in and make plays. Kadar Holman, Will Redman, John Runyon, Henry Black as some examples. Guys that can come in and fill in that you, you're going to need to count on at some point. Mitigate injuries. You know, speaking of, of John Runyon, the offensive line, man, they are so good. Corey Lindsay comes back at center and they just churned. Rick Wagner goes out. They easily mitigate it. Lucas Patrick, Billy Turner, boom, fine. No problem. You know, hopefully Wagner is hurt, is, is uh, not hurt. He's back soon. You don't want to see guys get injured, but the Packers already have solutions in place because they drafted Elton Jenkins. You want to talk about another second round pick that's been phenomenal. Elton Jenkins can do everything, has done everything. He's made the Pro Bowl at left guard. He's going to be a Pro Bowl center if he moves to center. He's just, he's just that good. But the Packers have the guys. They have the horses. It's a luxury and it's an important one to keep Rodgers clean, give him room to operate that offense that he has settled very nicely into all cylinders clicking for the, the team. They're heading into a big game this weekend with a big prize attached. So it's Packers-Bears week. What a week it is always. A lot of banter, a lot of smack talk, more to come. But this matchup has not been that exciting. The Packers have owned it for the past 30 years. Now, not since week 17 of 2013 has a game between these two teams had so much riding on it. The Packers can clinch home field throughout the playoffs with a victory. The Bears are playing for their own playoff spot. In the all-time series, the Packers have taken the lead. They lead it 100 to 95 and six ties. The Packers hit 100 wins first after their last victory over Chicago earlier in December. The Bears have won three games in a row. Over their past three weeks, Mitch Trubisky is playing well. They still have that very stout defense with Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Kyle Fuller, Danny Trevathan. They've got players. They've got players. Absolutely do. Allen Robinson has given the Packers problems in the past. David Montgomery ran well in the first matchup, had a big run. The Packers are going to have their hands full. The Bears are confident they're playing at home. They don't care that Green Bay is 12 wins. They think they're better. They think they're the better team, and so do their fans. Nothing is easy in this matchup. It's in. It's on Soldier Field. It's going to be on that chud that is the turf at Soldier Field that I hope is in decent shape for this game. But the Packers can take a lot of pressure off of themselves this week with another defensive performance like they had against the Titans. I mean, you know, I'll call it right now. I think Darnell Savage takes one to the house. I think Darnell Savage is going to take one to the house. And for those that want to compare Savage to Nick Collins, they're not the same guy, but the productivity can be similar, and I would take that any time. And if you want another meaningless parallel, back in 2006, when Nick Collins was in his second season with the Packers at safety, they played Week 17 against the Bears in Soldier Field. The Bears were on their way to the Super Bowl. 
The Packers were 7-8, and eight, but they had won their past three games at least. Nick Collins had a really pretty pick six on Rex Grossman that week. The Bears just didn't come to play. They could have cared less, could not have cared less. And they, they got their butts beat. The Packers beat the brakes off of them in Week 17, finished the season 8-8, eight and eight, and then went on to 2007 and did some great things. But Nick Collins, with that play, the strut, that's when I realized, okay, we got a guy. We got a guy here in Nick Collins. And I think Darnell Savage can make that type of play this week in Chicago against the Bears in a big game, and I think that he will. So... As many interceptions as Savage has had lately, he's just he's you know, there's one big splash coming this Sunday. That's what I think it is. Offensively, Packers need to score first, score often, make Mitch Trubisky play quarterback, which worked pretty well last year when that was literally their game plan, the Packers' game plan, according to former Packer and Super Bowl champion Tremont Williams. We wanted Mitch to have to play quarterback. Well, here he comes. He's going to play quarterback, and he can run. So. Whatever the Packers did to mitigate Ryan Tannehill running around, because Tannehill's got good speed too, they're going to need to do again this week and keep Mitch Trubisky uncomfortable and between the tackles. Uh, for those that are worried that Trubisky's been playing well and are kind of like, well, wait a minute, you know that, that has come against the Houston Texans, Minnesota Vikings, and Jacksonville Jaguars, who have a combined 11 wins between them. That's less than four each on average. And none of those teams are headed to the postseason. So regardless of that, I still see it as a close game. I won't be surprised if this ends up being one of those 17-14 games. I also won't be surprised if I'm wrong. and It's another 40-pointer by the Packers. It's hard to bet against them right now. And this is, this is a very winnable matchup for the Packers to secure the right to host the playoffs, get to the, until the Super Bowl, to not have to travel with the world being what it is. Don't forget... In 2016, a lot of guys got sick heading into the NFC Championship game. They, there was a flu bug going around on top of all the injuries that they had, and it just ended up being a waste of a day in Atlanta. They just didn't play well. Having to handle Mitch Trubisky, even on the road, to make life a lot easier on everyone in the Packers organization over the next month and a half is not really a bad ask. The Packers could do a lot worse for what is at stake than having to beat the Chicago Bears. So I mentioned... Some banter between the Packers and Bears fans. And we're going to have one this weekend on Pulse of the Pack. It's going to be a little bit later on Saturday. We're going to go Saturday evening. And we'll have Will Ingalls, who is a reporter for WREX-TV in Illinois. He's an avid Bears fan. Good friend of the show. We've had him on several times before. He is a great sport. Look forward to chatting with Will. But he also brings some good analysis about the Bears and what they might try to do in their game game plan against the Green Bay Packers. So Packers-Bears flex to the late afternoon time slot. So by Sunday night, we will know where the Bears and Pack, where, well, where the Packers stand in terms of the seeding. Will they be the one? Will they be the two? Will they be the three? All of those are possible based on what happens on Sunday. But the real simple outcome and solution, obviously, is the Packers just need to win this game. Get over to Game On Wisconsin. Check out all the great content over there, all the great shows, live shows. Nothing you should want for 
over at Game on Wisconsin as far as the coverage goes. I'll have the game recap up as soon as the game ends. Hopefully, we're celebrating a one seed and the Packers preparing to take a week off and let a couple other teams beat each other up before they have to get back to work in the divisional round of the playoffs. You can follow me. I'm at Twitter at Jason Perone. Go check out my Twitter profile. Check out that really cool screensaver wallpaper that Amber was so nice to bestow upon all of us. Everybody, a very happy new year. Bon voyage to 2020. This is my last show of the year, and I'm happy to send this year off. Wishing everyone a happy and safe new year. Stay warm. And as always, go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 